AI keeps getting updated, GeForce has a new contract, and Xbox has a new controller on the way. Somehow, my friends, it's Friday again. It is, it really, it's Friday. We've gone through another week. Hopefully your week was good. I had a pretty good week. We had some really warm weather here in the uh, Cincinnati area. Now it's back to uh, back to normal February. Uh, I'm assuming that, I don't know, uh, we're all gonna die. And that's a little, it's a little pessimistic view by having some wonderful weather in February, but we are heading towards spring, which makes me happy. And so let's dive into the news. So Microsoft continues to fiddle with Bing AI, and I think that's going to be a narrative we hear for years to come. Now, they previously said, look, you can't talk to Bing AI for more than five questions. Now they're upping it by like, what, 20% by now you can do six questions and, and they're going to continue to massage this model and they're basically doing it live, right? Microsoft did some testing. We've heard the backstories about how they've been testing this for years, Sydney and other things going around the industry. But realistically, Microsoft's just going to plow forward with this. They are unrelenting in their pursuit of being the market leader for AI conversational generative AI sort of things, and I can't really blame them. So there's definitely the pessimistic point of view that says, look, like this thing is dangerous. People don't know what they're doing. It's lying. It's everything else. That is absolutely one way to view it. The other side to view it is that Microsoft has a single opportunity in their opinion, and they, I don't necessarily disagree with it, to change the narrative of the search industry. And they're trying to do that with Bing AI, and they know they're gonna take some black eyes for it, and they know they're gonna take, uh, they're gonna get some negative press. But let's be honest, we've talked more about Bing on this podcast, and like it's in the New York Times, it's in all across the industry, than probably the past 10 years combined. And so if you're at Microsoft, you're like, yeah, it's a it's a business risk we are taking because this thing could turn on us, although they're trying their best to keep control of what's happening with Bing AI, so it doesn't become a detail. And you gotta take your one shot, you know, Eminem would say your one shot, your one opportunity, whatever, eight mile song. And this is what Microsoft sees. They're like, look, this is our one chance to upset Google and, and change the narrative for the first time in a two plus decades. We're not gonna pull back on it. And then to that end, they are now bringing it to Skype. Uh, it's in Edge, it's now working on mobile, and it's here to stay, my friends. It's not going away, and Microsoft is gonna keep plowing forward ahead with it. So much so that Reuters even reported this week that Microsoft is already showing Bing AI ad models off to partners, and some of them are highly interested. So your Bing AI is about to become Bing AI with ads. You know, the old thing is new again, the, the model doesn't change. We're still an ad-driven economy, search-based economy. And yeah, so there you go. Uh, a report from a third party did come out and say that Google and Microsoft chatbots likely cost around 10 times as much as a normal search to operate. Now that shouldn't be all that surprising, meaning that one query to Bing AI, BART or whatever, is 10 times as expensive than going to your favorite search box and typing in a query. Let's take a, a logical approach and look at this. Well, first off, your basic search parameters, like, I don't know, best flights Hawaii, that's a, that's a very SEO-friendly search term. Either way, that has been optimized, that has been refined, that is 20 plus years in the making. Of course, it's gonna be pretty lightweight. Right now, we are in the early days of AI queries and they will very clearly get more efficient through better neural networks, through new database technology. That is just how the industry works. I still remember the first CD burner that my dad bought for Christmas one year 
back when I was a wee little peasant. And this thing was the size of a Nike shoebox. And it was very expensive. And it was 2x. And it took hours to burn a CD. But you know what? Well, now we don't even burn CDs. But it's just the nature of technology. Things will get refined. Things will get less expensive. There will be better models. And new technology that comes out not just from the Bing AI side, but from the database and infrastructure model. And that should excite a lot of people because that means server improvements and that thing's uh, always fun to watch the trickle down of how the front end components improve the back end functionality. So Microsoft is going through a bunch of different little Windows 11 changes. Notably this week, they are not shipping a Windows Insider build. Typically they do that roughly on every Tuesday. This week we're not getting it, which leads to all sorts of speculation, speculation, speculation. Of course, I like to speculate as well here, but if you remember, we got news that Microsoft is changing File Explorer and moving it over to the WinApp SDK. And we started to see some of the tea leaves and, and registry edits, registry files, I should say, that showcase that Microsoft is getting closer to turning this on. And then of course we don't get a build. So it makes you wonder, it's like, hey, are they like really like right around the corner to turning this on? And then they need another week or more time to, to, to figure out how they're gonna do this. We don't know, we really don't know, but that's, that's the fun thing to look at. Uh, because that'll be a pretty significant change here coming to uh, coming to all of Windows 11. So uh, Microsoft is also in the final stages of preparing the Moment 2 update. Now, this is the update that brings just a bunch of different features, uh, little things like tabs to notepad. And honestly, I'll be it's really hard to keep track of what lands where, especially if you're on the Insider program. But one thing it will fix is the Windows 11 file copy slowdown bug. If you've impacted this, you know exactly what it is. And yeah. Uh, also fun this week, there's a little bit of email hoopla on the Outlook side and on the Gmail side. For a while, Gmail could not get access to Hotmail accounts and could not pull the email over. That is now supposedly fixed. Also this week on the email front, Microsoft just like turned off the spam filters. If your Outlook account kind of blew up with spam, you weren't alone. You, you really were not alone because Microsoft fixed it. And so hopefully your spam should be back to a roughly normal level. Although I will say Outlook spam filters have not always been great, uh, but they were really bad, really, really bad this week. Uh, Microsoft has also announced that Inspire is coming on July 18th to 19th. But interestingly, Microsoft Inspire, which is their sales and partner focused conference, is going to be virtual again. It's not going to be in person. I was expecting that one to be back in person. But either way, July 18th and 19th, that is coming. Uh, Microsoft also announced this week .NET 8 Preview 1. So .NET will continue to live to see another day. No surprise there. But Kevin Gallo, who was leading this team, and a lot of the development, internal development efforts uh, from around frameworks is leaving the company after 30 years. That's a pretty significant departure. I've known Kevin for a long time. Uh, he, for better or for worse, if, you, if you're familiar with UWP, which I'm sure all of you are, he was leading a lot of that development effort. And so it kind of looks like maybe at some point they said, look, we need to develop UWP. We're talking many, probably a decade ago at this point, and he led that effort. And then Microsoft's like, look, we need to decommission UWP. And it looks like that process has happened. And there's now a runway over to WinUI 3. And potentially, maybe that's why he's leaving now. He's like, hey, it's a good time to leave the company, but he's been there 30 years. So there you go. Now, on to the gaming news this week, my friends. There's a little bit here. Um, there's a new Xbox green controller coming likely next week. It's sort of leaked, and so this doesn't seem to be anything too crazy. But if you're a fan of limited edition, limited run controllers, looks like there's a new green controller that will be heading next week. Uh, also coming, Xbox Game Pass 
titles will be coming to NVIDIA's GeForce Now streaming service. This is the PC side of the game. The reason for this is Microsoft was in the courts this week in Brussels, as we all know, and part of the agreements, along with Nintendo getting Call of Duty 10 years, Microsoft came to NVIDIA and said, look, we'll give you our, our catalog of PC titles to put on GeForce Now if you approve and sign off on us acquiring Activision. And GeForce Now was like, or I should say NVIDIA was like, sure, bro, we will do that. We are on board. And they played, uh, the, NVIDIA appeared to play their cards right. Look, they wanted something out of the deal. They got what they wanted. Now, granted, this only happens if this deal closes up believe that all this stuff has to be contingent on that because at the end of the day microsoft can't bring call of duty to nintendo if they do not own call of duty xbox game pass friends and family plan which gets asked about a lot on this channel in the questions which will be coming up here in just a second is not coming to the u.s yet but there are six new countries where it will be coming new zealand south africa chile Hungary, israel and sweden uh, i want to go to sweden anyway that's an aside uh, so it looks like Xbox Game Pass friends and family plans are expanding slowly. And so now that they've got some more countries, hopefully the U.S. is next on the list. Next on the list. Oh, by the way, I completely forgot. Uh, that green controller that appears to be coming is going to be called Velocity Green, I believe is the name. So there you go. Also somewhat interesting this week, and we'll end on these little stats before we dive into the question. Microsoft, as part of some EU transparency stuff, has to list how many people come to different properties that Microsoft has. So just, you'll see what I mean here. So in the EU, I believe, uh, the PC App Store has approximately 33 million, I believe it's monthly users. The PC Game Store has approximately 3 million users. The Console Store has roughly 4 million users. So there you go. That feels, the PC App Store, 33 million in the EU, feels really low. Uh, so, you know, take for that for what you will. So that's the tech and gaming news wrap up for the week. Let's do a quick, well, not even quick. There's actually quite a few questions in the hop of this week. Always my favorite part. I am fired up for a Friday. <laughs> Probably because the weather is so well, so good the past couple days. So Jay Wolf coming in says, hey, Brad, hope you're doing, hope you're doing well, Jay Wolf. Microsoft is set to plead their case to the CMA next week. Do you think Microsoft will manage to close the deal with behavioral remedies or are there structural remedies the only way the CMA will allow this deal to go through? Uh, so Microsoft, specifically Brad Smith this week in Brussels said, look, we if we acquire Activision Blizzard, we have no plans to diverse or divulge or whatever, uh, spin out Call of Duty. It's not happening. That was one of the things the CMA wanted to see was Call of Duty and World of Warcraft go off and be their own company. And Microsoft said, look, especially for Call of Duty, that's not happening. So uh, I would not be expecting that. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the CMA. Microsoft is much more concerned about the EU and the US, by the way, uh, when it comes to everything. Also, there were some tea leaves coming out this week. Tea leaves, I don't know why I keep using that, but rumors and, and insiders saying that China is actually prepared to approve the deal. So you'll have China on board, although I'm not sure how big of a, a big of a market China is for Call of Duty, but China very much has a large demographic that Microsoft cannot ignore. So it looks like China will be approving it here. And so now if Microsoft can get China, US, and the EU to all sign off on this, I pretty much guarantee they're not going to care what the CMA says. Um, they're going to try to get it through the CMA, obviously, because they don't want to give up that demographic and that market. But I think Microsoft would be like, look, you're too small compared to the other entities. We are going forward. The Joe Finn says, any ideas what is coming with Windows Moment 3? Do you think Microsoft will ever open up the quick settings to developers? Oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, so 
Knowing what we know today, moment three very well could be when File Explorer moves over to the WinUI framework. That would be something that I would be I, very interested to see. It looks like Microsoft is pulling out a lot of their some of their direct UI stuff, and XAML islands are very much the future. Oh, one of the other things coming with moment two is that the system tray goes over to the XAML framework, the XAML island framework. And so that will be happening with more than likely on March 14th, when the next Patch Tuesday is, when we would expect the next build in Moment 2, if you will, to come out. It, it, it still kills me that Microsoft has found another way, yet, a let, yet again, to, to update Windows with these different packs and things. And like, it's just really confusing. We have, we have build updates, we have moment updates, we have things that come from the store. And like, it's just a, a, a I wish they would, I, I've said this a million times. I do wish that they would just simplify and lock on an actual annual cadence for this stuff like they said they were going to, but then here we are. So anyways, uh, Moment 3 is still a little bit out there. Microsoft is just throwing everything under the sun as they think as they continue to build towards Windows 12. So uh, Destin says, although Destin did say, have you ever heard of Destin's YouTube channel? Um, actually, I have. So, but anyways, he asked a question. Uh, do you think the deal is in jeopardy? If it were, what happens in the terms of the fallout between all parties? So, if this deal does fall apart, uh, Microsoft owes Activision a couple billion dollars, I believe. Just straight up got to write Bobby a check and be like, here you go. Here's for the deal uh, for taking, you know, along this journey. And that, that's a pretty typical thing, a breakup fee, if uh, a deal does not go through. That being said, I don't think it's in jeopardy yet because it still feels like Microsoft has the pathway to get it approved. They've just got to give some remedies and uh, we will see. Because one of the most interesting thing is that Microsoft is being super open about this and I think it's their best path. And I think they know this and everybody knows this now. It's like, look, we're not trying to build more moats around Xbox. We're just trying to become a bigger game publisher and we'll put the games everywhere. We don't care where the games are. Microsoft, at the end of the day, wants Xbox services to make money and make more money. And obviously, they know they need more titles. And they're like, look, we'll put titles everywhere. And we'll figure out the business model a little bit later other than the, the traditional buy a game. But Microsoft can continue, if you think about it, the, the general sentiment is that Xbox Game Pass is a traditionally awesome deal. Like, it is, it's a very good deal. So if you think about it, Microsoft says, yes, we will absolutely put Call of Duty on the Switch. It's $70. Or you can buy an Xbox and join Game Pass. And for $15 dues a month, you can get Call of Duty and all the other titles. I think that's their proposition through all this and why they don't really care about putting titles elsewhere is they'll sell them at the traditional price and make a whole bunch of money doing that way. But they'll still have the most attractive offer with Game Pass. Do I think it's going to fall out and break up? I, I still think that it's on the good possibility that it does happen. Mr. PKI, Mr. Consistent comes in and says, it seems like the Bing chat GPT returning is acting like a predecessor to Tay. I tend to agree. Uh, do they once again release AI too early or do we all need to get ready for Skynet taking over Microsoft 365 Cloud? Well, you absolutely do need to get ready for Skynet taking over Microsoft 365. That is happening regardless if it's ready or not. Microsoft has already announced that it's coming to Skype. We know it's coming to Teams. It's in Bing. It's probably going to be in File Explorer. It's probably going to be in your start menu. And it's probably going to be serving up those recommended things. Um, was it too early? <laughs> yeah, probably. But... I think Microsoft is just in the position that they'd rather be too early than too late with this. Tay, if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't know what Tay is, it was a chatbot that Microsoft created. I think it was only on Twitter, but it went off the rails because people found out if you bombarded Tay, this chatbot, with really racist language, just really, really consistently. Just think, just think of a script that just says um, something terrible over and over again. 
And then eventually that thing will just regurgitate that. It's sort of, a, it, it just learned that this is what the, the truth or whatever is. And it vomited it back out. The question becomes now is people are trying to do this with ChatGPT and Microsoft likely built in safeguards to do this, but it's not perfect. If you use edge cases and there's things around it, just like any other service, just like any other search engine, people are trying to exploit it for their own gain or in this, this sort of scenario for their own humor. So we will have to wait and see. The other interesting thing that will come out of this is in the, in the back of my brain is like, what's going to happen to SEO, right? We have an SEO model of the industry about how to get your, your search page up high into Google rankings. Well, that could very much change with uh, Bing and chat AI and, and Bard and all that stuff. So there's going to be a big shift in this model about how these things work and getting your content in there. Now, initially, I would expect that the argument to be like, Brad, it's already pulling from top page results. So we just need to keep the same model. That will eventually evolve and it will probably evolve faster than SEO sort of tools can with it. So that's a, it's going to be an interesting market to watch as somebody who likes to pay a lot of attention to SEO. And wrapping it up, Matto Bear says, it was heavily rumored that Call of Duty was going to skip what is now this year, 2023, once the acquisition by Microsoft had closed. Now that we know that they're not skipping it and that the Sony deal, I believe, closes in 2024, what is going on? So yeah, so there's, let's kind of wrap this up here. So Call of Duty, the current one, Modern Warfare, the version we're on, was expected to last two years. That was sort of the information that was coming out. They were going to skip this year because they figured it was going to be such a big release. And now it's coming out that maybe they're not going to do that because they've got enough, potentially enough content or something else. We'll see. Again, as with a lot of these things, the truth likely ends somewhere in between. Maybe it's not a full release, but it's going to be a big update. And they're obviously going to probably try to charge some money for that. That would be the guess. But the more interesting thing that has come out of these court cases, as Matterberg points out, is that Sony's exclusivity deal, according to Microsoft, ends next year. And it's not an exclusivity deal. It's like early content deal ends next year. What's going to happen through all this? Well, that's probably part of the reason why Sony is so concerned is like, look, we wanted, probably wanted to re-sign that because they know how big of a deal Call of Duty is and they know it's coming to an end. But if Microsoft owns it, they know the likelihood of that happening is very, very small. I think right now, Activision is more than likely not signing a contract. What would be hilarious is if behind closed doors right now, Sony is actually trying to sign a contract with Activision before it closed. But Activision smart enough probably not to want to do that. Microsoft has said time and time again they've been trying to give a 10-year deal to Sony. But what Sony really wants is the thing that Microsoft wants, which is Call of Duty exclusivity in some capacity, right? They don't necessarily need the whole game and everything else. But if you get new maps, if you get new weapons earlier than Xbox, that is a massive marketing win. And not to mention when you see commercials and everything else, what platform is it always on? PlayStation and Microsoft wants to shift that narrative because it is a very, very powerful marketing message. When you see Call of Duty new and early access, people are going to buy your console over the competitor explicitly for that reason. And so we know that there's there's truth to that. So it's interesting. We're getting a lot of data and a lot of details out of these court cases. Again, they are far from over. We're going to see the EU stuff wrap up here. And then right as the EU stuff is wrapping up, then it like rolls right into the US, which the US might be even more interesting because, well, maybe because I'm in the US, maybe it's more interesting to me. We'll get more data about Microsoft's market share and everything else will all leak out just like it has in the EU. So there you go, my friends. There you go. That is that is the week in a very quick and rambling uh, nutshell wrapped up. I love doing this. Thank you so much for the questions. Thank you so much for the listening. And as always, make sure to keep it subscribed here because then the BS on this podcast is me.